welcome to the 97th episode of the Sawdust Nation podcast with your hosts, me, Nick from NPG Creations. We also have here Josh from North Country Woodworking and Nap from Nap's Naughty Works LLC. We're rolling solo dolo tonight, no guests, so uh, we've got a lot to talk about. I know Josh is pretty upset with a few things. So Josh, you want to get into your frustrations and tell me where the bad CNC hurt you? We all started in <laughs> high school. <laughs> no, so, you know, I took this week off because, well, you know, this weekend, if you don't know, I'm telling you now, is Mother's Day. So go get your presents, get your cards, oh, get your shoot. flowers, book your reservations, get it done. <clears throat> get her done. I, I have failed on Mother's Day so many times that I literally already booked brunch like two weeks ago. And I am uh, took this week off to basically catch up on orders to ensure a couple things. I don't have to work on Mother's Day. She has an entire weekend. And then two, get ahead so that at the end of the month when uh, you know I go down to Texas, I don't have to worry about anything. So um, that being said, Monday rolls around. I'm amped. I can't wait. I have the entire day to get in the shop. How often do you get to go out there, not have to worry about anything and just do it, right? Well, that's where I failed to realize that when you have all the time to be in the shop, stuff starts to happen. So <clears throat> I started doing things and I was on the table saw and, uh, you know, I'm in the habit of not turning on my dust collection when I'm on my table saw. It's a bad habit, but you know, it's just one of those things where it never really bit me in the butt. Well, I'm cutting along doing some strips and cutting down some uh, stock and, uh, I see smoke coming from my table saw. So something, the burnt piece of wood from the blade, whatever, went down in that great old dust pile under the table saw that's been stored there. And I wouldn't catch on fire. Nothing caught on fire, but it was definitely some smoke. And uh, one of two things happened. I'm getting a fire extinguisher to put in my shop now because that made me a little bit nervous. And two, I uh, decided to hook up my dust collection to get that all out of there and, you know, get rid of that problem. Well, you know, when you do one thing, another thing happens. I realized that the hose was clogged. Nothing like a clogged hose, right? So I had to fix that. And then when I fixed that, I realized that uh, the bag wasn't on too tight because it went pop and dust went everywhere. And then I realized the dust collection was full and then I had some other issues. And long story short, it was now two o'clock and I realized I haven't done anything but mess with dust collection. So that's how that day went. As I was doing all this, I was messing with the CNC. I threw something on there real quick. I'm saying, you know what? At least I can get something done with the CNC, right? So I get it all cooking. It's looking great. It has this like I'm going to say beautiful piece of walnut. I didn't want to even use it. I was going to keep it for myself because it was just so beautiful. <laughs> and I'm using it for a facade for a shadow box. And uh, set everything up. It's working great. I'm like, you know, what? I'm going to get dinner and then I'm going to come right back out. Well, before that, let me back up a little bit. I, I got a package from PWN CNC and I got a new brush for my last boot that, you know, got ate up a little bit and I put that on and, you know, set everything up. Dust collection was working great. I mean, I had almost no dust. Well, I'm inside in here. Well, I go out there and wouldn't you know it, the dust boot came off. The CNC bit ate through the dust boot like it was nothing, like it wasn't even there, which is pretty cool, but horrible at the same time. I mean, time. I'm not going to, not for nothing, but PWN CNC spindles. If you don't have one, it's, it's well, good. they're pretty powerful. Yeah, no, and this is okay. The dust boot it was probably it was more my fault than anything. I didn't like crank it on there. I I had it good and tight, but not you know good the and whole tight calibrated the, elbow. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I haven't used one in a while because well, I haven't had the little little, little brushes right. So I go out there. I'm like, please, please not. So this is where I'm sitting, right? I go out there and everything moved to the right, maybe a quarter of an inch, maybe a little more. The frame around the chevron is about one sixteenth on one side. So I have one sixteenth of the where the chevron's on and then where the frame is. And then the other side, of course, I have quite more. So I didn't carve all the way through because it was doing its pass where it's supposed to carve the last little section out, which, of course, it would be the last little section, right? 
So I'm thinking about how I'm supposed to, you know, fix this and utilize what I have because it ain't too bad, but it's bad. And I'm actually thinking about trying something new. And it's not all that, uh, it's not that crazy, really. So basically, carve away the where it cut through. So, you know, like the quarter of an inch and just have the facade just a little bit thinner and, you know, utilize it that way. Um, I'm not sure how I'm going to exactly do that. I have to definitely do some measuring and kind of messing around or maybe I'll do it by hand. Who knows? If anything, I can uh, always cut it down and utilize it somewhere else, but which is probably the way I'm going to go because it'll take too long to get it right and I'll probably mess it up worse. But long story short, I messed up a beautiful piece of walnut and you ever get so angry where you just feel your face getting red? <laughs> And like, you just don't have words because like, I, I'm actually, my ears are getting red right now. I feel the heat uh, because of how angry it was. But uh, yeah, th- so it wasn't the CNC. It was the damn dust boot. And uh, that being said, I'm actually carving the right to f- uh, right fight concepts karate sign right now. It's on its last two and a half hours. And I don't want to say how it looks because I don't want to jinx anything. But it's going in the right direction. And I'm not using a dust boot because that one's cut in half. But uh, it's going fairly well. So, just print um, another one. Yeah. Long story short, uh, yesterday was a wash. Today I got a lot done. Um, I didn't get the laser calibrated quite yet, but I've been utilizing it because I already have orders that I need it for. Um, and I'm going to hint at an order <laughs> that I just uh, started talking to someone at Etsy about. They want a, it's around about 42 by, was it 40? Yeah, 42 by 25 inch engraving. It's huge. Um, and my bedside is 40 by 24. So I'm afraid. <laughs> Day like week one, people are already asking for things bigger than the bed size. But regardless, go bigger. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't honestly fit it in the garage, man. Um, you know what? It's been a learning curve to kind of work around that thing. Now it's in there. Um, if you haven't heard, I got my laser. Um, uh, just waiting in the inline um, fan, and uh, it's working great. Like I had to dial it in, no doubt. I mean, there's definitely an issue of cutting stuff out, but engraving wise, it's been working just fine. I was able to engrave four mallets in like a quarter of the time, which is insane because I used to like have to stay up to like two, three o'clock in the morning. Nope, <laughs> eight minutes per carve ish, and it was done. And it was just it's crazy. Um, I'm really enjoying it. The learning curve on it isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Um, there's new things, of course. Nap helped me out when I first set it up because I did some stupid stuff like connect tip to tip and it didn't work well. <laughs> but <laughs> um, we worked through it and uh, we got it working just fine. Uh, you know, I didn't use the directions. I've, I looked at the directions afterwards and it, it told me what to do. But um it's been a it's been a great experience. I, I, I'm really enjoying it. I keep wanting to get rid of the other two lasers just so that uh, I can get more space and don't have to see them anymore. I'm ready to get them out of here. But uh, yeah, a lot going on. A lot of different orders. I've had some weird orders pop in. Um, a lot a lot of orders. But uh, we'll get into that some other time. I want these guys to chime in what's going on in their shop. So we're gonna toss it over to Nap. What's going on, man? Well, as my little name on here, if anybody can even see it, probably not. The end is near. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. Winding down, I've got one, two, three, four jobs left. Four and a half. The one is more of a take these letters off, put new letters on, so it's not really a big deal. They wanted me to take their... Uh, boards that they have hanging up in their squadron, remove some letters and put new letters on, like new titles, because the titles that were on there just didn't really apply anymore. And they just want to make it more, I guess, organized, I guess. Like put their master instructors on one board and then like their blue ropes, which is like their top tier MTIs on another one. And they want it labeled appropriately. So I'm doing that. I turned out, shoot, last week, right after we got done recording. I finished up three projects in that night. I finished up the hat press with uh, some pretty 
uh, I would say arguably probably one of the more difficult epoxy jobs I had because it had a lot of small uh, voids for, you know, opposing colors like, you know, like red, yellow, things like that. Mixed orange. And luckily it went in just right that nothing mixed. I had blue and yellow uh, poured at the same time, uh, which makes green. So luckily for me, I didn't. Um, sorry about that. Luckily for me. It didn't bleed. Uh, I, I found out that if it does bleed a little bit, don't fret. Because if you overpour, that overbleed will stay on top. So when you sand it, it goes away. And it was like it never happened. So that I did learn. I wouldn't advise doing that, you know, as a go-to. But if you happen to accidentally start to bleed colors together, do not try to, like, remove it um, with haste. Because you'll end up mixing it. And then you will definitely have issues with the overall final color. Uh, so I finished that. That went out. I made two custom cherry uh, behind the couch like tables with plugs and stuff. I talked about it an episode or two ago. Those went out as well. Customer literally put them to use immediately. I got gotten pictures not even a few hours after they'd gotten them home uh, of all the stuff they had on them, which is pretty cool. And they fit perfect. I was like, I really hope these aren't too high. I hope they, you know, they match the length that they wanted. And literally the tables, I think it was put together maybe one two inches past like where the angle goes for like that corner piece on a mm -hmm. sectional yeah but they had a light sit right next to it so it, it wasn't like it was you know in the way or anything so that was a pretty big win and now i know how to make those the wife wants to set so i'll be making those when i get to my nut um see what else i did a quick master sergeant promotion gift looks like a book and uh it had a it had the chevron stripes on the front Blue epoxy, white epoxy for the star, blue for the stripes. And then I put a coin inlay on the inside with their name and then the time and date that they sewed on mm -hmm. and the senior NCO charge. That was a quick, quick turn. And I got to say, shout out to Total Boat. That fast hardener, man, like I poured it maybe, I want to say six o'clock in the evening. It was ready to sand and be done by like 10, 1030 in the evening. So it was, it, that stuff's awesome. So if you need to do a quick epoxy job, I highly suggest using the fast hardener. Uh, but on that note, fast hardener, if you're not prepared to actually pour and have everything ready, <laughs> you're going to be wasting some material because I did that for the hat press and I used a little too much white. And what happened was, is when I was mixing it, I was getting ready to use it. I started with the small stuff first. Well, it started to set and I was like, well, can't do anything with that toss that guy out, start over. And so I had to mix a couple more pumps of epoxy, which wasn't too bad, but still, it's still a waste of material. We don't like wasting material if we can help it. Two more pumps. That's right. Two pumps. Um, let's see. Now, getting into the jobs that, um, that I am currently working on that are simultaneously in work, uh, one of which I finished before we got on. Customer came and picked them up. A guy named Charlie at CT Rustics Designs. He had me uh, use the Onefinity to cut him some table legs. Charlie bit my finger. <laughs> <laughs> I cut him. I cut him. I think it was twenty-four in total, like table legs. Oh wow! Oh, that's right. Yeah. This is the second time he's ordered for me on this, and he said he'll probably get one more set for me because I convinced him to buy Onefinity so he could do it himself, and he. Pulled the trigger yesterday, and he was like, screw it. I'm buying one. And so he bought one. He bought the Woodworker X50. So he'll be uh, be well on his way to carving out his own scrolls for the legs of his table, which is pretty cool. Um, let's see. That firefighter plaque that I made, it did really well at the silent auction. However, customer did not take it. They donated it back to the firehouse. So now that piece is going to forever be in. Uh, the firehouse down here in Goodfellow, Texas, which is pretty pretty awesome. Uh, when you have something that you've made that'll be there for however long. Yeah, probably forever, man. I mean, I hope so, too. Um, and then stuff that I'm working on, I got this Command Chief Master Sergeant box sitting above my head right now. It's on the little ledge. Uh, I ended up using Curly Cherry for the frame, uh, Beating Cove Edge. Uh, and I also got to use uh, some plexiglass from one of our newfound distributors, at least uh, new for me, because I didn't really use them. Uh, Nick actually put me onto them, is uh, Makerstock. Makerstock.com. That's right, brother. I'm going to tell you what. If you need to get plexiglass, 
get it from them because the, all the different thicknesses they have, the price difference isn't a whole lot, and it's cheaper than Amazon. Mm. So I probably and you can buy you can buy larger pieces than Amazon too most of the time. Yep, and then not and not only that, they got all these uh, plywood panelings like project panels. So like if you're looking for you know like a two by two or two by three something that you don't have to cut down a lot, they have it. It's it's pretty awesome. So if you haven't get if you get a chance, take a look at makerstock.com. And you'll find some pretty good stuff there. And not just the, um, you know, Plexium plywoods. There's a bunch of stuff on their site. Yeah, um, they're family. They're a family business too, by the way. Just well, one that's of the, even better. I didn't know that. Yeah. I know they're up in Pennsylvania. Sorry. I'm just, oh, right near me? Um, You know, I don't rightly know exactly. Uh, just so I could look it up here. Well, I was just thinking maybe I should uh, pay them a visit. They're an old Forge PA. I don't know where that is. So I'll say this, though. Even for them being in Pennsylvania and us being down in Texas, I got that stuff two days later. Really? So, yeah, it's pretty quick. So I would definitely definitely take a look at them. Got that. I have another shadow box that I pretty much got told take my time on these at this point because the one isn't due until whenever. So pretty much it'll be due when I get done with it. Yeah, the command chief box wasn't due until almost a week and a half from now, but I'm already like done with it. I'm just waiting for a flag to put in it because they want a specific three by five flag put in it. So I'm going to put it in there for them. Um, let's see what else. I have one of my hat boxes to make, but I have to, which I don't have it in here. But I have a MTI trophy that I got to put in there with the hat. So I got to make it a little bit bigger than normal. But luckily, I have a CNC now that can handle a bigger panel, and you know, make what I need to make. I think that's it for jobs. Yeah, that's really it for jobs. I mean, I'm literally coming to the end here, which is pretty cool. Already canvassing out how I'm going to set up my next shop. Um, house is going on the market tomorrow. That's pretty cool. I had pictures taken yesterday. And it'll probably, from what I've been told, my house will probably get sold this weekend. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive how fast they go nowadays. Well, sorry, did you say this weekend? Yeah, so he said the going rate is, uh, and I say he, my realtor, he pretty much was like, yeah, I'm going to put your house up Wednesday night. It'll probably sell this weekend, like under contract type stuff. I was like, really? I bet, it's, I bet it's sold by Friday or Saturday Saturday afternoon. And honestly, and dude, under contract. <laughs> as soon as that happens, the amount of stress will be gone because that right there is one of the biggest stressors of selling. And then buying the next house, I've already got the inspection done, all good to go. Everything checks out. VA is going to do their appraisal in the next week or two. And then from there, I mean, I'm off to the races for that house. So we're, we're good there. It's been kind of all just coming together. And uh, yeah, I got some other stuff to mention, but I'll wait to mention this stuff later. It all has to do with the 100th episode. So that's about it. That's going on in my shop. Nick, what you got going on, bud? Well, I've been jobbing. I've been jobbing, making a lot of plaques the past couple of days. Trying to do everything in order so I can... I'm, I'm trying to like strategically plan everything out so I can get it all done in time. I have to, I'm actually going to Illinois here in uh, June, the beginning of June to go visit Jesse four at Jesse four woodworks. Um, so that's probably where I'm going to be doing the podcast up there in June. But anyway, uh, long story short, I'm, I'm about bingo on acrylic again. So I have to place another order at makerstock.com. Um, I, you know, Nap said they have a lot of stuff. You, you got to check them out. I'm talk- If you use a lot of veneers and, um, and or acrylic, they don't just have like clear stuff. They have like opaque, they have matte colored, uh, colored, uh, acrylics. And then, um, on top of that, they have a laser cutting ser- service. So, uh, you should check that out. If you don't have a laser and you want to get something cut out, uh, they'll do it for you. Uh, I think it's pretty reasonably priced as well. But uh, other than that, um, 13 plaques complete out the door over the past weekend. I've got three shadow boxes to to finish up uh, or at least start. Um, and they need to all be delivered by the middle of June. I have... Uh, Let's see here. Yeah, a couple of desk ornaments and stuff like that. But um, just, you know, trying to work it out. 
I did the fast hardener thing last night or two nights ago. And it worked out great. And nap nap wasn't joking. If you're not ready after you, like once you once you put that that hardener in the in the epoxy, you need to make sure that you're ready to rock and roll. Like I'm talking your syringes are out and at the ready and your your plaques or whatever you're putting that that uh, epoxy on. You got to make sure it's level as it was my mistake on the first one. Cause it, I didn't even have the plaque on the, on the, uh, the surface yet, like the, uh, paper surface. Cause I poured and it over set, and, it, and it was setting as you were freaking out. Yeah, I was like, Oh no. <laughs> so I had it start setting halfway through the pour and I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll just let it go. And then I'll hit it later with another, you know, the rest with more of the same epoxy with the same, uh, pigments in it. I used the eye candy pigments by the way for that and it was a you know I, I they're winning me over slowly they don't they have a lot of really nice solid color pigments and um i'm really really liking the look i'm getting from them um yeah other than that though i'm just gearing up here for the 100th episode uh i don't know if anybody said anything yet but uh we have what was those uh, isotunes are on the way Yep, ISO Tune lights. ISO Tune lights are on the way. They're going to be part of our hundredth episode giveaway. Um, and if you look at our Instagram, we also have we posted some stuff today. That's a little hint at uh, what you could potentially be getting if you're a Patreon member. So, yeah. And on that note, with the hundredth episode, we'll just kind of roll in because that's a good segue. Nick, good job, Nick. Yeah, I'm Appreciate just. You. I was a transitional <laughs> yeah. period. So on this 100th episode, if you aren't aware and you haven't been, you know, keeping up to date with everything, and maybe we haven't put stuff up for some of the stuff, but the list is uh, pretty lengthy as far as what we're giving away. Isotune Lights, as we've just mentioned. We got Daniel over PW and CNC giving us an air-cooled spindle. Uh, we got the Wood River Plains, that shoulder plane, and that number four. Uh, number four. Plane. That's right. Um, we got the IG giveaway, which is the 40 by 60 uh, router, sl- router sled from mm-hmm. Cut World Working. Brent over there what, donated that. What's his promo code again? SDN Pod 22 for 5% off of his entire store. So not just the sleds, um, which actually uh, someone recently just bought a sled from him. Uh, I believe it was. Uh, B. James Designs bought a sled yep. for him, which is pretty awesome. And then the latest entry and addition, which I got to say, hats off to you, Tim, from Gears and Fire. This dude made a Sawdust Nation podcast exclusive end grain cutting board with custom inlays. Uh, it's Paduk, Walnut, and Maple. He spent a lot of time on that thing, like hours on that thing, to make sure it was like the best thing you could give away as far as custom work is concerned for our podcast um, with the woodworking. So I appreciate you, Tim. Check out, check out his Instagram. I think we reposted some stuff as well, but not kind of, not so much gears, but tons of fire on that one. That one thing's amazing. Yeah. (laughs) He did a fantastic job on that. What else we got? Uh, well, Red Raven has a uh, uh, Josh. You still have the Red Raven thing? Oh yeah, we got, we got two some, pens still. We got two pins from Red Raven, made of ebony, paduk, and maple. They're sitting here to my right. Um, we gave one away uh, during a podcast. Actually, one that, was, of these that was the Red Rocket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got those, and then so Nick was alluding to one of the posts that we have. And it says Jorgensen on it. Well, there's only one thing that Jorgensen, you know, gives that, you know, we all use. So that is possibly something going in a bag or box, depending on what we find to be the best uh, fit uh, for you folks as far as getting all them stuff to you. But that's maybe one of the things going in there. We also got those eye candy sample pigment boxes that we're going to distribute out and put in there. It's going to be like a random pick, throw it in there. And if you, what, what you get is what you get, but it's going to be, they're, they're really nice pigments. You'll like be happy said. with that. Yeah. And uh, Orca abrasives. Did, yep. We got the Orca abrasives mm-hmm. and pads. Uh, so Ooh. if you haven't used those buffing pads yet, those are awesome. That's what's up. And then we have a little more abrasives going in there. Gator. Sorry. I don't know why. Gator needs Gator. his gat. Gator abrasives right. will be uh, donating some of their, um, the, 
the little sponge sanders that you put sandpaper on, like the hook and loop, to really get into those small spaces. Those tight spots. So we got those. And then, of course, you're going to get stickers from all of us. So if you don't have our sticker, well, you'll get it. But if you do have our stickers, well, you can find another place to put it on somewhere in your shop. You'll just get to see us in every corner of your shop. That's fine. And still to be determined, got a couple of little things in the works. I've contacted some folks. Hopefully we get a couple of extra little things to put in there. Uh, but other than that, that's what we're looking like for the 100th episode. It's still three episodes away. We could acquire more. Don't know. You know, we're, we're getting kind of towards the end. But people have been gracious enough to donate stuff. And uh, we're making sure we get it to you all out there that listen to us. So we appreciate that. And then speaking of people we appreciate, and I know that uh, we normally do this towards the end. But why not do it now since we're talking about patrons? We have two new patrons. And those two new patrons are Greg, and I'm sorry, I don't want to butcher your last name, but I'm going to go with Hilt Brunner, okay, at, at Hilt Builds, and Ruben Reyes at VW Too Low for You. Uh, that's, I think that's what that is. And um, yeah, thank you guys for uh, pledging uh, to be patrons for the podcast. You're not only uh, getting awesome content, but you're also providing us a means to, well, give you all good stuff for giveaway. So appreciate you. We're going to, this 100th episode is going to be a real barn burner. So I well, we hope we don't burn any barns because it's going to be in my shop and I need my shop to not burn. <laughs> Trying to <laughs> sell mean, it. That scorch mark is not going anywhere. Yeah, no. But yeah, so what else is going on, guys? What uh, what are the things on the horizon? I mean, that's a lot about the hundredth episode, but well, yeah, I mean, it's a huge hundred episodes is nothing to you know, <laughs> it's a it's an achievement for sure. I mean, doing this, you know, we never thought we would get this far. We never really set out a goal to reach a certain episode or anything, and it's just kind of one of those things that it's kind of happened, and uh, it's happened because the Patreons, our listeners, I mean, everyone involved. It's a community. So it's, it is huge. Absolutely a milestone for the podcast. So it is. I know not a lot of podcasts make it very long. They don't even make it to 50. Yeah. That's not the only uh, milestone we've reached recently yeah. either. I was about, I was going to jump. Do you want to hit that one, Josh? Yeah. So if you guys remember in the beginning of the year, we kind of had some goals, right? So one of those goals were to reach 30K. Well, we're past 30K. So, you know. It's the beginning of the year That's still. Down downloads. Yeah, downloads. <clears throat> Not thirty K. <laughs> we're raking in the money. <laughs> Shoot, if we we're raking in money, there might be something bigger than uh Yeah, know. we're gonna have to get you guys to C and C each for one <laughs> Patreon. Um <clears throat> no, kidding. Anyway. Yeah, thirty K downloads. Um we're almost approaching what, thirty two? We're on the way now. But uh I think we're gonna set a new goal. Uh, we're discussing before we started recording and we're going to set 50 K. Um, we didn't expect to reach 30 K this fast. And we thank you for all the listeners out there. You know, we know we have people from around the world. Uh, we have people, you know, in our backyards. Uh, but you know, it, it takes a lot uh, for you guys to sit down and listen to us every single week and get us those numbers. So it means you're at least enjoying the content or getting a few laughs here and there. So just a huge thank you from myself, the Sawdust Nation podcast, and uh, hopefully we can continue this trend um, and reach new heights this year. So, so hey, guys, I do have something we could talk about a little bit, too, as far as uh, machinery. I know that Josh has been having CNC woes. Um, okay, I'm sorry. Don't put the hate on me right now. If this, I swear, <laughs> if this car messes up. I am going to go off of space on my CNC. <laughs> okay? So you better not. If you do that, me. Hey, I'm just saying if you do that, I want a video so we can post that. I'm literally way. I'm literally watching it. I don't know if you can see that, but this is my I camera. Can. I have two cameras on it from different angles. So if you see me sprinting out, that's why. So. All right. So with that, uh, one thing about the Onefinity, okay, that – many folks have probably noticed is the cable routing system on a Onefinity. So if you consider a Onefinity, I will say there's some things you may want to consider. Um, I ended up getting in touch with uh, a fella uh, slash listener slash like friend of Daniel's uh, with a routing of cables. So he himself also makes brackets. Uh, his name's Greg, by the way, there's a lot of Greg's out there. Um, he makes Onefinity CNC brackets to house spindle cables, all these things. 
So probably in this next week, I'm going to be cleaning up my setup because there's wires everywhere um, and putting that tracking system behind the x-axis so I don't have anything hanging from my ceiling because if you've seen any of my videos, you've probably seen my rigged piece of 550 cord and two carabiners with an eye uh, fisheye hook chilling in the ceiling holding my, um, my cables off the table because they're a little heavy and the stretchy cable does not uh, do very well with that. But definitely uh, as far as like things getting messed up, cable management, that's a big one uh, because that can definitely get in the way and make some messes for you. Making messes. Oh, I got, I got something else. I got a email from, from, I forgot. I, I actually did this. I bought a Festool router like three months ago and I forgot about it because they were backordered. <laughs> well, I got an email like, I, yeah, I got an email a couple of days ago saying, "Hey, it shipped." I was like, "Oh, hey, um, it's uh, man, I for the life of me, I can't remember what model it is. It's not the big, the big bad boy. It's the uh, it's the one with like the the pistol grip on it. If you know what I'm talking about, yeah. Uh, but I'm I'm super excited to get it because it has the port for the the hose, uh, you know the the, the extractor hose, the dust extractor hose. Mm-hmm. So. And I am absolutely fed up with just blowing wood dust everywhere with the, my current uh, palm routers. Um, I don't. The, I have a Bosch. Uh, it's a Bosch Colt, and it's there's nothing wrong with it. It works great. Problem that I have is because I'm bougie, I guess, is that I was just I was just fed up with blowing out my shop every day. So I don't know what what Josh and Nap are laughing about, but you're just blowing wood chips, man. Blowing wood chips. Blowing large wood chips. That's right. Um, so I'm kind of stoked about that. It, 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 you know, I I had a goal of getting something like that a while ago. Um, my Milwaukee cordless router had a dust extraction port on it that it comes with it, but I dropped the router and it broke. So. <laughs> So you know, why not spend? One, why not spend eight hundred? No, I need to. I need to spend eight hundred dollars on another router. <laughs> I could have done it for cents. <laughs> now I, I, I had a goal, and I, I reached that goal. So I'm still going to keep every. So here's the thing: I'm weird about routers. I will keep a well, like a uh, a bit that I use regularly in different routers. So and it's it's really. I don't even know why I'm probably still going to end up using every last one of them and getting wood chips everywhere. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we, we, we did a count. I know for a fact, I know we did a count on how many routers were in our shops. I don't know if nap was on the podcast yet. I think it was AJ was still here, but yeah, we, we did a count. And since then router routers have, you know, the count has grown for each of us. I'm I'm willing to bet that if you're out there and you have, uh, you know, you've been woodworking for a while, you at least have at least three routers. At least. At least. Yeah. So definitely, especially with getting the spindle from PWNCNC, um, that added to the arsenal. I, I have a roundover and a uh, chamfer bit and two handheld palm routers. Um, the last uh, router is kind of open for to receive whatever I needed to. And then uh, have one in my router table, and then have a big old boy on standby waiting for uh, basically whatever I need it for. So, so I, I gotta I gotta give props to to Bosch because as far as their their routers go, now mm-hmm. I don't know too much about the rest of their tools. Uh, I know I've had a couple of Bosch tools and they've always been good, but I'm going to, I'm talking specifically about the routers right now. They've always been really good to me. And, um, I have the Colt and I also have the two and a quarter horsepower plunge router from them. And, um, it, it, I don't want to say they're affordable because, you know, they're anywhere from like $125 to like $200 in between that price range. But for a good mid range router, um, if you're buying, if you're looking at buying a router, check them out, at least give them, give them a shot because you know, there's all the DeWalt's out there, uh, with the Triton big, big bastard. Which one's that? Uh, 
You know what I'm talking about? The big three horsepower one? Yeah, three, three horsepower. Horse horse tra- horse but I mean, like, honestly, if you're not doing slabs with like clean cut woodworking or something like that, the Bosch rotters, you just can't beat them. I have the Colt too. I've been using that's That is the first router that I bought for myself. The first uh, one was a Craftsman, and that's actually my router table right now. And that thing has been going great too. But um, that Colt, man, like, I've I used it. I've been using it, and like I actually give it a rest, and I use two Dewalt ones on standby with the two bits in there. But um, you can't go wrong. You honestly can't go wrong with a good Bosch router. That, I that's a Bosch, a- I have a Bosch in my router table right now. That one, that's that's what I've had. I mean, I, I started with a Porter cable. I still have that Porter cable. Well, they don't make Porter cable routers anymore. So no, it's, really? like, it's, what? It's, it's a yeah. it's a what is it? Um, it's an antique now, but it's it their a heavy. It's their heavy duty. Porter cable plunge router. It was my dad's, and he gave it to me because he doesn't do stuff with it anymore. Thing still works. It's a beast. That is my actually my standby go to if something happens to my Bosch router, which not in the foreseeable future. So I'll have a good plunge router on standby. Honestly, if we were naming like say the five basic tools to have while you start off, um, I would say router be definitely in there for sure. Right, they're so at least a palm router. You know what I mean? At least a palm router. I mean, you could do you could do so much with them. Even and I know a lot of palm routers have bases that you can buy to make them plunge routers. So, like a lot of the a lot of the companies that make these smaller routers make the add on kit that you can get for to make it a plunge router, so you don't have to go buy a whole new router. You know what I mean? Do you have the plunge uh, base for the the Colt? I do not. I do not. I have the. I have the plunge base for the the big the big Bosch, which is the the two and a half or two and a quarter horsepower yeah. Bosch. It came in a kit. That was the first router I ever owned. My mom got it really? for me like like fifteen years ago, something like that. And uh, I used to use that before CNC days when I would uh, I would want to like route some letters out on the side of like cornhole boards and stuff like that. I would draw it out first with a pencil and then I'd take that router and I would put like a eighth inch bit in there and I'd just go around and. That's and, some tedious uh, work. Yeah. I've you know, done that. And, it could, and it could go squirrely really fast. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I, if with the plunge base, it has a nice, nice set of handles on it and it's very controllable. Um, I found the like, if you're doing like a two by four, you, you gotta do, you gotta route, out your your recessed area before you actually mount it on the cornhole board. So uh, you just like lay two by fours next to it and clamp clamp them. It's this way that you have more surface area to work with with the the, the base. But yeah, Shoot, some palm routers even have the the ba- like you're saying um, for uh, they have the plunge router base. I have one for my Makita. Yeah, and uh, I've used it a couple times like. When, uh, for example, an inlay for like my glass panels or whatever aren't like mm-hmm. wide enough, I'll take a straight edge, hook that sucker up, and yeah, good to go. But so I'm looking, at, I'm looking at the prices right now. If you buy the Colt on Amazon, it comes. You can get it with a plunge base for one ninety five ninety nine, which is expensive. Um, also, if you look at the the bigger Bosch with the plunge base. You're gonna pay like two thirty nine for like the one and a quarter horse or two and a quarter horsepower. You're gonna pay two thirty nine. So there's like a four what forty fifty dollar difference in there. I mean, well, it depends what you're doing too. I mean, like if you're doing fine work and stuff like that, you're not gonna to want to take that two point two five horse router and you know use that. I mean, a nice palm router would work. It's great. variable I, speed though. It is, and I understand that. But uh, like personally, I have two big routers and I have three smaller, four smaller ones. And I really enjoy using the palm ones, even with a plunge base. I get the big bowl boys out when I have to remove some stuff more so than I do have to find detail work. I, so I know what I was going to say um, about DeWalt routers. You know how they used to come with the Inventables X carve. They don't do yeah. that anymore. I think DeWalt no. discontinued them. It's uh what is what is that? The DW six eleven one or six eleven? You're right. This is six eleven router. Now they're all cordless 
but I think you could still get a quartered one, but they're more expensive. Uh, I bought, I had one that came with my original X carve and then I bought another one because I got a second X carve and regardless, I, you know, I kept the one in the, in the box because I got the PWN spindle. So I, I ha- it's brand new in the box still. And I went to sell it at a yard sale. Dude, that was funny, dude. That was that, that so, was funny to watch. Yeah, so this guy comes up to me at a yard sale, and this thing's brand new in the box, never actually been turned on or used or anything like that. Still got like the, the little twisty tie over the cord and all. And he's like, How much you want for it? I'm like, hundred bucks and you can have it. He's like, Well, I was looking for a deal. I'm like, that is a deal, dude. It's brand new. What do you want? Like you're you gonna go pay like one fifty. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like you look anywhere, anywhere from 140 to 150 dollars for a router like that, unless somebody's. You, you tried 80 dollars, and it's yeah, I did. Go. I did try 80 bucks, and he, he still wouldn't. The, yeah, people are like, oh, it's too much. Bucks like, for it. <laughs> I mean, if you want it, I'll ship it to you for 80 bucks. You know, not a big deal. It's just a. I don't need it. I don't bad. use it, <laughs> but I don't. I don't ever use it. I have. I've gone through probably three of those things. So before I knew that brushes, like when I was dumb, when I first started the whole uh, CNC thing, I my router went out one one time and I was like, oh man, the router died. Better get a new one. <laughs> Instead of buying brushes for it, I ended up cutting the cord and pulling it out of the, <laughs> pulling it out of the gantry. I'm like, well, this thing's junk. And I went and got a new one. I had that router. Yeah. <laughs> He oh, yeah, you do, router. don't you? Yeah. yeah. It's like, you want this? I'm like, sure. And I bought a new cord, <laughs> new router. Yeah, I, I really jacked up on that one. So, but I didn't know that you had to change brushes out. And then I did a little bit of research and I was like, man, I'm pretty dumb. So, I, I did the same thing. Oh, God. Sorry, I, I did the same thing. I first got my CNC. It was like, I don't know. I don't think a month later, I must have been running that thing hardcore, but. Um, I messaged Nick. I'm like, my router died. It's not working. <laughs> it's not working. Change the brushes. It's not hard. I mean, so I'll tell you this. If you, if you do it the way it's supposed to be done and those, the six elevens and don't take that spring completely off, it's not hard to change those brushes out. If you remove that, once you take that spring off, all bets are off, man. So because it's like one of them coil springs. It's all the way wrapped around and then, but yeah. But I, so do you check your brushes often? No, I don't. No, do you, like they're Anyways. supposed to be good. Well, they're supposed to be good for about a hundred hours on the, on the 611 of runtime. And uh, what I would do was I would try and add up the jobs that I've done and see if I was getting close. Once I start hitting 75, I would start checking my brushes more often to make wow, sure you put that a lot more thought into your shot than I do. <laughs> well, it's not hard. Well, if it's on the if it's on the X carve, it's not hard to to just pull the top off the router and look. You know, you can pull one of the brushes out and look. Most most of the time, those brushes wear pretty evenly, so you can kind of gauge whether or not um, it's ready to replace. But I, the first set of brushes I remember pulling out when I, they were down to the nub. <laughs> I was like, man. You should probably blow out your router too, by the way, if you, yes. if you have it. And I'm not talking about just the top. I'm like, I'm just just the tip. I'm talking about everything. You blow out the the collet area, pull the collet completely off, blow it out because that's what kind of that'll affect your performance as well. Yeah, like if you're trying to put a bit in and you tighten it, it's really not tight because all it is is tied around all the crap that's compacted in there and your bit starts to slip out and then your shapeoko starts to eat whatever it is you're carving. Yeah. Are you serious? So, okay, when I was new to CNC, Sorry, uh, when I had just gotten my shapeoko, I listen, first of all, I didn't know what a spring collet was. This was before then even. I had the one with just like the four, the four prongs and then it tightens down. Uh, well... I had done so much with the thing that I had a bunch of wood debris up in the collet and I was using a quarter inch bit while I smoked this thing on there. I was like, Oh, that's tight. And I'm sitting there making passes and kind of similar. I'm not going to go too far into what might've happened, but we'll just know that a piece went flying into my garage door and there was a nice big scorch mark on the piece of wood that flew into the garage door. 
and the machine was crashing all at the same time. So it was great. Um, and the bit was like dangling for dear life when I pulled it out. So yeah, very important. So Snyder custom woodwork just said, uh, that he thinks that a router table is a great investment when first starting out. And I agree. I fully agree. You can get this so, so versatile and a router table that you're going to actually use though, because I personally bought, uh, the Bosch, you know, tabletop router table. And when I put it on any of my workbenches, it was like up here. I'm not yeah. going to use it there. And I'm not going to use it on the ground. I didn't start utilizing a router table until I put one in my table saw. And I use that thing all the time. It was a great investment. And like, I wish I would have done it a lot sooner. If you have the patience for it, the one of those tabletop router tables is fine. Um, Cause to adjust the, the up and down on the, the elevation of the bit, sometimes it's a real pain because you're dealing you with lift. a plug. Yeah. You need like a, like a, a router lift. I know Rockler makes an affordable router lift. Um, and it's, you can, you can actually like put it on other tables, not just the Rockler table. Jessam uh, makes a good one too. Uh, the one they make, I love my Jessam. They make top of the line though. That's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? Well, they make three different ones. You got one, two, and three, and I got a two, and it's great. The third one's obviously the better one, but um, no complaints. That thing has worked for me every time. And have a you lot of adjustments? Have you gotten the muscle chuck yet? No, I don't need it. Um, I think that thing scares me. Are you serious? I honestly, I've never I had any my, trouble. I, I have my muscle chuck, and this is when I had the porter cable running in the table. I put that thing on there and I spooled it up and it sounded like that thing was going to take off. I was like, and you're seeing Nick, is this thing supposed to sound muscle. loud? So the muscle, for those of you who don't know, musclechuck.com, check them out. They have a chuck that attaches to your router and it's essentially a collet uh, that tightens with a Allen key instead of both of the, um, the wrenches. And it makes pulling out quarter inch or half inch bits, whatever, whatever diameter bit you're using a uh, heck of a lot easier for bit changes on your router table. Now I ran into a problem with it to where I had it on my router table. And when I would lower my router table or my router lift down, it was not lowering to where I needed it to be because the chuck stands so tall off the router. So I guess it just depends on the combination of the lift you have or the height that your router's mounted inside the lift. But overall, though, I give it a uh, a nine out of ten for for a must have um, on a router table. You know who doesn't use a router table? Who's that? Ben for Beach Time Woodwork. Yeah. So he okay. So Ben asked me. So he's been to my shop a few times and. I always pull my pieces off. I throw them on the router table and everything's good. Right. Cause to me, it's just faster. Mm-hmm. Not for Ben though. Ben CNC's all of his edges. He does roundovers. He does chamfers. He does all that stuff. He knows. Yes. So he can program all his files. So everything you see him make with a chamfer, a roundover, any of that stuff, he's doing that on a CNC. Does he have a bit changer, auto bit changer or no. So he uses the touch probe. Uh, mechanism that comes with uh, his machine and I have this you know the same touch not the same but a similar touch probe and all you do is when you're doing your bit changes it gives and this is learning where we're learning G code was pretty uh, helpful when the machine is given an M6 command which is your bit change it'll pull the router up it'll do its whole thing it'll say okay re-zero or attach probe you do it it touches off and then it goes about his business um but yeah, he he does everything via CNC, not a router table in sight. Actually, he has a router table, but I think it's still in the box. So <laughs> I know somebody else like that. Yeah. Oh, please don't tell me we're talking about that freaking dovetail jig or that. that okay. That <laughs> I would go to his house and just open the box. It bothers me. Like it shouldn't bother me this much, but it bothers me. <laughs> Like, who got, does that? A, we're talking about AJ, if you don't know. AJ still has... Well, does he start using his laser yet? No. Yes. <laughs> AJ's got this Ferrari in his garage, and he's still using a diode laser. 
he was giving me crap because like I had some stuff on top of mine and I made a comment in the story. I'm like, look, I'm already putting stuff on it. And then he messaged me like instantly and goes, see, it's a table too. I'm like, yeah, but I'm using mine. <laughs> so there's nothing wrong. There's now let me get this, get this. Like, let me, let me clear the air here. I said it, it's, he's still using a diode laser. Yes. There's nothing wrong with using a diode laser. At, uh, you know, we all started there, but AJ has, an 80 watt, I believe, CO2 60. laser, 60? 60? No, he's got an 80. He's got the 80. 80. He's got the better one. And uh, he's using his his diode still. I'm like, man, AJ, you know, you, you'd be done in no time, you know? Yeah, it's a game changer. I mean, like, I haven't dialed mine in. Like, for the most part, it came aligned, but I'm having trouble cutting through material. Uh, but like I said, engraving is working great. Um, like you're having trouble cutting through material yeah with a hundred watt there's more to it than just power folks we all yes, know that you you have did you did you focus it yeah i haven't focused it yet that's i mean like oh you haven't focus is i haven't done any calibration with it i basically got it going i got stuff engraved because i basically was relying on this thing to come in so i can get rid of the other lasers but it's doing what I needed to do right now. Um, I can cut through stuff at a certain power level. Um, I have realized that I was using, I think, inches per um, second. Basically, when I was talking to Nap, he was like, you know, do 300 uh, for the speed and like, you know, 10 for this. And like, yeah, that, that ain't going to work. I, you know, long story short. I still have some calibration to go. I still have to set up light burn a little bit. Um, that's all actually happening tomorrow as the CC goes. Um, and then I have to do some cutting uh, to get some flag boxes complete. But um, yeah, it's coming along. I'm really enjoying the laser experience so far. Um, definitely makes it easier. I think, Josh, it, honestly, man, your stuff's probably aligned pretty well. Saying stop. Uh, your stuff's probably aligned fairly well. You just need to do a ramp test, man. That way ramp you test. Your, that way you, you can get your uh, your laser dialed into a needle point rather than a pinpoint. Do you have autofocus? Yes. All right. So stop using your autofocus. Do the ramp test and then measure measure your the distance between the material that you're cutting or your 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 yeah, laser is touching. Is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then and then just use that distance every time. But now I did figure something out. I just got to confirm, but I did figure out how to reprogram the Rioita controller to focus to the specific um, height. height. So when I figure that out, I'll let you guys know. How'd you let figure know. out that little gem? By accident. <laughs> I was. Like, I don't know if you know that guy here. He's I, a I bit pushed, of a sorcerer. Yeah, I pushed a button by accident, and I was like, "Wait, what's that? Focus, autofocus, like what's this?" Yeah. Why is it set to? Oh no way! It was one of those moments. Nice. Oh, I think I know where you're talking about. I'm gonna go do that. I so I have a I have a little puck that I use. That's a custom made puck. Uh, originally, Nat made me one, and then I I uh, I crashed my laser head, so <laughs> I had to remake one. Oh man. Anyway, but good times, uh, yeah. good times all around. Yeah. So. But this episode has been brought to you by PWNCNC, your headquarters for aftermarket spindle kits, as well as dust boots and all that jazz. Check them out, pwncnc.com. They, uh, Daniel over there is amazing. So if you have any questions about his, his product, shoot him an email. He'll get right back with you. Um, for 5% off your purchase at PWNCNC, use promo code SAWDUSTNATION981. And uh, we also like to thank Total Boat for their continued support. Um, check them out for that epoxy at TotalBoat.com. And if you're interested in a 10% off promo code for the epoxy at Total Boat, go ahead and slide into the Sawdust Nation podcast DMs. We will hook it up. And last but not least, to all our patron members, thank you so much for supporting this podcast. You guys keep us rolling. Um and uh, we can't wait till you see what we have in store for you for our hundredth episode. And oh, it's, uh, gonna be, it's gonna be so much fun. It's it's gonna be a show. But otherwise, oh, yeah, it's gonna 
<laughs> but it's going to be a fun show. Hey, you know what? He's not wrong. We're st- Nap, no, by the way, Nap was telling me, Nap was telling me, he's like, you're just going to do it in my garage, man. I'm like, cool. Isn't it going to be hot in there? He's like, I got fans. I'm like, I already went through that. <laughs> that ain't going to work. <laughs> Fa- fans. <laughs> Great episode, guys. <laughs> yeah, well, you won't be able to hear us. Because I remember when I first got to Texas, I was doing my recording in the garage. For one, my internet oh my doesn't God. reach that well out there. For two, I had fans going on, and they're like, we can't hear you. There's just too much humming going on. So um, You see them sweating. <laughs> I was sweating. God. I was sweating bullets out there. Looks like Ace Ventura in the back of a rhino. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, and uh, you know, I I think we got to thank everybody else as well. Thank you to everybody who listens to the podcast. Um, you guys are you guys keep building the community, and you guys keep um, keep supporting us through your listening and questions and all that stuff. So we appreciate it. You keep us gainfully employed with uh, making content. And, um, yeah, y'all deserve that. So, nap. Oh, hey, podcast stuff, yeah. So, if you're listening to us on the old Apple Podcast, Spotify, uh, Unknown Apple Apps, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, or any of those things, because there's a whole list here, um, give us five stars. And if you don't give us five stars, let us know why, because if you don't give us uh, feedback, we can't give you the content you that you deserve. And on that note, Make sure y'all are contacting us with awesome questions and things like that. I've gotten like simple little questions here and there from folks like individually that weren't podcast specific. One of which was about the epoxy hardener stuff, which is why we kind of I kind of brought that up today. Uh, so thank you for that. Uh, but please give us some questions. Give us some awesomeness. Especially think about episode 100 um, because a lot's happened since episode 50, which was that first milestone uh, that the Sodosation podcast reached before I had even arrived, and we're st- still here. Going into episode 100. Uh, Why do you act surprised? Huh? (laughs) You act so surprised. I mean, no, I'm not surprised. It's just crazy. Like, kind of like Nick said, it's weird. Like, most podcasts don't last that long. So here we are coming up on episode 100. And for the foreseeable, you know, however long. we And for the long game, my friend. Yeah. And for the long game. But, yeah, if you're going to contact us, Josh, tell us how. Well, if you want to contact us and chat us up a little bit, you can go ahead and do that with Nick from MPG Creations on Instagram. He's always there to listen to what you have to say. We have Nat from Naps Nutty Works, LLC. Ask him a question, especially laser related. He loves his lasers. Pew, pew. And then myself, Josh from North Country Woodworking. Always there to chat with you. And then if you want to reach all three of us, which you never know who you're going to get, but you can do that Sawdust Nation podcast on Instagram as well. And then if you would like to send us pictures or, you know, type up a paragraph for a topic or a question idea, go ahead and reach us at SoundestNationPodcast at gmail.com and uh, hit us up that way as well. But ultimate is become a Patreon in our top tier. Then you can actually tune in with us live as we do these episodes. You can chat while we're talking ask us questions and that's the ultimate way to actually get a hold of us ask questions and raise topics but with that let's go with final words going to nap yeah folks so just like always this is a community keep taking care of each other try to be a part of the community don't just make withdrawals also make those deposits make sure you guys are helping each other out uh in any way that you can uh but other than that i've got like three episodes left here in Texas, and then I'll be in North Dakota. Uh, so I'll be needing uh, a lot of encouragement as I make my move. Uh, but other than that, keep taking care of each other, folks. Nick. Oh, like always, take care of yourselves and each other. I'll catch you next time. Thank you for tuning in for episode 97. Uh, we had a great time talking about, well, the 100th episode, routers, and you know what's going on in our shops. Turn the podcast on while you're going to work, while you're in the office, while you're doing chores, while you're in the wood shop. Tune in for episode 100. And with that, Sawdust Nation is signing off. See you next time. All right. Hey, you, you guys know how to find a blind man at a nude beach? It's not hard. Wow. <laughs>